Hey, welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about the majestic indie developer lifestyle. Join our scintillating hosts, Dave and Daniel, and let's hear about a tiny slice of their thrilling lives. Join us while waiting for a review. Hey, Dave, nice to see you. Hey, Daniel, how you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm super close to the microphone because I listened back to a recent episode of ours and it sounds as if I'm lisping. And the thing is, I am very much not lisping. And so earlier today, <laughs> I actually did a quick recording of myself. Um, and the, like just in quick time and, and I just listened back to it and then it, it sounded okay. So now I'm just like, trying to be very close to the microphone so the sound quality is very good and enunciating my s's yes so we were we we end up with sibilance and i know that that will be horribly <laughs> sy um, i apologize but yeah uh, yeah i think i know what that might be daniel we had the week where i had to drop back to the um, backup recording that we do and i don't think it sounded quite as polished as it was we might have been sounding normally so that might have been a factor in there too so oh okay. yes not that yeah I, that uh, might have been luckily we uh, do have backup recordings we do we do definitely uh belt and braces here in terms of making sure we've got things covered um and it's kind of funny as well because we count down towards podcasting with each other to check that the other one is uh is ready to go because we've got a and what is our time difference now? 11 hours, right? So, uh, right now it's 11 hours. Yeah. 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 And so listeners of the show might not realize, but this means one of us is ending up on the wake up morning routine while the other one's kind of winding down in the evening. So we, we sort of come together. Yeah. I'm that, usually that the evening, crossover. the evening part of the, of the team and you're yep. usually the morning part. And that exactly. kind of works out for me. And I think for you as yeah. well. It does. It does. As long as I've had my coffee, it's it's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we do we do do that where where I'm just sending you like, hey, t minus one hour until we record and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. Of course, yeah. we have a backup like um, backup launch window. Yes, we do lots of space <laughs> space uh, jokes. We do indeed on these. Um, you, and so yes, I think today we were opening the pop bay doors, right? Yeah. And then I can yeah. say, Dave, I can't do that, which is <laughs> just about <laughs> perfect. <laughs> the pod. Yes. But, I'm sorry, uh, Dave. I, can, I can't do hell. I can't do hell. It's no, I, I can't do Hal's voice either. I can kind of do the dozy, dozy, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> probably nobody want, really wants to hear me do that. Yeah. Um, Daniel, what's been going on in your world? How have things been going since we last spoke? Ooh, okay. Um, I have been romancing aliens and okay. I have been interfacing with both Google ads and Microsoft ads. Yes. Which one do you want to hear first? Um, I want to hear about the Captain Kirk style one. The first one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So about uh, ages ago, I don't know when exactly. Um, I bought Mass Effect Legendary Edition for my PlayStation. Uh, okay. Mass Effect is a series of video games um, where you're in the in the space opera style. Um, you're just some person who becomes captain of a ship and then needs to like I don't know prevent the the destruction of the universe as mm -hmm. is common um i 
And recently, lots of people have been talking about uh, role-playing games, especially because Baldur's Gate 3 came out. And I've been too cheap to buy Baldur's Gate 3 because role-playing games are awesome, on, like, especially video games that are role-playing games. But they take a huge amount of time commitment, and I don't have that. But recently, yeah. I've been... I've been getting the itch to play something again on the PlayStation. And so I've, I've just like idly been scrolling through the, um, uh, through my library on the, and I've, I've, I've discovered, uh, Mass Effect, uh, Legendary Edition, which is a remaster. So the graphics are slightly updated. Um, and I was like, mm, you know what? I'm just going to try this. Uh, I set the, I set the difficulty settings for the combat to super low. So because I just wanted to, in like, enjoy the story and also didn't want to spend 40 hours on the game um and so yeah that's and it's been surprisingly fun like the beginning was an absolute slog because the thing is just <laughs> um so it, at least in, in if you reduce the difficulty this way like that like the whole game is like 10 percent combat and that's just like shooter combat basically you like duck yeah. behind chest high walls and then shoot at shoot at enemies and okay. um 90% it's a conversation simulator and you then have stats and the stats kind of influence the um, the conversation options that you can choose and it's it's um it's a slog at the beginning because the game needs to tell you hey this is what's been happening the last 200 years um right. oh yeah there are uh, about seven different alien races and they all have cultures and and um they all have politics and you're very in the middle of these politics you kind of need to understand right. all the <laughs> the different <laughs> institutions and how they interact and whatever before the main story can even like start off um i'm sort of picturing a little bit and and this is probably going to upset fans of either but i'm picturing it a bit of uh, a cross between star wars and lord of the rings in the way you're describing it. Um no, I feel that's pretty that's pretty on the spot actually. Like because it feels very Star Warsy, but mm -hmm. it also feels very Lord of the Ring-ish. Um like the main I don't know place where you always return to is called the Citadel and it's very right. like cathedral style and then there's like the council that will like determine the fate of you and whatever. Um so anyway, the gameplay loop is like you, they give you like a ship and it's of course it's the best ship in the universe. And then you gotta do missions and then like for, for further the plot. And also you're kind of picking up, um, um, like people for your crew and then they will yeah. also fight with you, of course. And, um, like so the main thing is basically like furthering the relationships with these people in your crew and they're kind of cool. And once you get into it and once you like get over this hump, it is actually pretty cool because, um the characters are well written the 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 dialogue is is like it's all spoken dialogue so that's that's mm -hmm. really well done and uh i've heard that you can romance individual characters and i was like ha 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 i'm going to romance every single person in my crew every human every alien whatever um so first disappointment you can choose your gender at the beginning of the story and mm -hmm. um uh, well, you can choose either man or woman. So, um, and if you choose man, you can only romance the female characters. <laughs> and if you choose woman, you can only only romance the men, which is all, or or like a very um, binary kind of kind of sand sad. And then the mm -hmm. other thing is also that um, apparently the game will forbid you to romance multiple characters. 
Okay. Uh, either serially or at once, doesn't matter. Like, it will just not work. Um, so I was like, okay, hmm, then I'm just gonna like, talk to, talk to characters and not f- pursue the whole thing. But then, <laughs> and the game actually made it easy for me because it turns out the human female romanceable character turns out to be heavily racist towards aliens. <laughs> uh, so I kind of dropped her and romanced the, the blue haired alien instead, which, which was very nice. <laughs> it was very cute. Fair. Yeah, and a bit spicy. Like a, mm, I mean, yeah, that's uh, whatever floats your goat, I think is the phrase <laughs> at that point. But um, <laughs> Did I say blue-haired? Oh. I mean blue-skinned. Ah. ah. That's, uh, that's kind of funny because I had no idea it was a space game. In my head, it was something else. I'd actually got it confused with Fallout. Um, when oh, knew- yeah. When you were discussing playing this game and that it had a lot of investment up front, and I saw you discuss this over on Mastodon, mm-hmm. I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, it's the game with, like, you know, the if you're in the Fallout chamber and whatever, and, you know, of course it's called Fallout, not Mass Effect, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, cheers for that, Brain. But um, it took me a little while to come with you at the beginning. Like, just, I was like, hang on a second. This isn't the, 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 the nuclear one. Um, it's not it the sounds... it's not the nuclear one. No, like everything yeah. is very like spacey and stuff, and it's very noticeable Unreal Engine because the yeah. whole game looks exactly like like the f- like it's like three games: Mass Effect one, two, and three, right? And even though mm-hmm. all of all of them are remastered, the first one looks like Unreal Tournament, and the second yep. one looks like Unreal Tournament um, two. Like it's ah that had a twenty eleven, twenty ten. Like yep. un- the second Unreal Tournament has had a had a year number and it looks exactly like that and so right. it's gives, giving me all kinds of flashbacks back to my youth and it's kind of nice oh, that's cool i don't game uh very often at all so unfortunately i can't match you on a, on a gaming story <laughs> right now i have no gaming story um but my my sorry my kids um were playing this game the other night it's uh phantasmophobia i think it is or something like that mm-hmm. you're basically um, dealing with ghosts in this game, and um, if the ghost uh, wakes up, if it gets you, it grabs you, and you sort of get killed off and turned into a ghost yourself, and then you can't uh, talk to your to your friends that you're, you're oh, playing okay. this with its cooperative thing. And the reason I mention it is because they they said one of the mechanics is that it's got its own voice system. You route your microphone and, and audio through their system. And um, so you're talking to your, your cooperative people mm-hmm. through their voice voice chat, which is, okay, all right, I wonder why that is. And it turns out they run a basic bit of sort of um, speech-to-text detection and they use it as a mechanic in the game for if you say the ghost's name, it wakes up. No way. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And I, was, clues- I, was, I was expecting you to say something like, oh, yeah, if you if you talk too loudly, the ghost wakes up or something, you know? No, 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 no. It's like, then they leave clues as well. So, you, you know, you'll be reading bits and go, oh, I think the ghost's name is, I don't know, Nancy or whatever. And that activates it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think oh, they've realized. really cool. Yeah, I'm not sure they've realised yet. They need to talk in code, perhaps, to maybe work mm-hmm. around this, like, like you know, like we do, to make sure the cats don't realise we're about to feed them 
biscuits. It's a trigger word for our cats. <laughs> <laughs> so they get B words if we want to be be quiet about it. But um, anyway, yeah, that that was an interesting mechanic to me that they were using this this speech to text and sort of AI on the on the audio, and that was the reason. The other reason is is that when you get turned into a ghost, uh, you get muted. You can't talk mm. to your friends. So that, again, puts you in the mechanic the game wants you to be in terms of, of, of how you communicate. Yeah, that's, that sounds really cool. Like, really cool way of trying to, of, of like, using the way people play these games um, yeah. with them. Like, because you got to talk to your friends while playing the game, of course. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, just don't do it through Discord or whatever. Do it directly through the game. And then you can have fun with that. That's really nice. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh no, that's that's quite interesting. But uh, I'm trying to think about what's been going on on my side because often we talk about um, what we're up to in our indie lives, and I'm just thinking, yeah, my life has been not about the code very much at all <laughs> <laughs> at the moment. How's the how's the new house looking? The new house is good. I've just about got this uh, office set up, which I showed you around actually on the video mm -hmm. side of this call. Um, a little bit, I give you the, the shaky cam tour of my home office. Um, but the house is good. We're in, we've, we've moved everything. We're basically unpacked. Um, like all the boxes are unpacked and the immediate DIY jobs that I knew I would have to do are sort of turning into smaller ones now. So, you know, like the other day it was putting pictures up on the wall, which is like tiny compared to the first one yeah. of the bigger, bigger jobs that I did, which was fitting new handles on sliding doors. <laughs> um, I mean, tiny is good, but yeah. that was pretty quick too, right? Um, mm -hmm. I mean, if I look at various moves that I've seen in my life, like people take sometimes take a long time to really take ownership of a new place. Yeah, we've, we've just like lent into it. It's been what we've wanted for ages, mm -hmm. and my wife's been very you know, motivated to get get certain bits done and the kids have to so we, we sort of pulled together as a family and just just got stuff as done as we can um but for me it, with this i've got this office room now because before i was uh talking to you from a desk that was in the side of our bedroom um this is a lot better i can shut the rest of the house off properly i've, I've got um a pegboard on the wall with all my test devices I've got a little uh, station desk sort of set up next to my main work desk so that I can set up my VJ app and actually play on it. And uh, I'm potentially going to do some live streams um, in the next oh, few nice. months. I got yeah. to tune in to those. Because they yeah. will be in your evening time so I can eat breakfast and watch your VJ. <laughs> you can. You can indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got to figure a few things out and that will spur me on in in development of the app as well so that that's part of the plan there is that i'm going to be uh dog fooding my work a lot more as well um but uh yeah that that's kind of the update on this side it's been sort of all about all about the new house um i mean i've even been planting stuff in the garden and things like that as well i've got a greenhouse you I'm, touched I'm, grass i have touched literally grass, not yeah, yeah, it's been there. I've, I've certainly not stood on it barefoot, though. It's still a bit wet and squelchy out there at the moment. Cause I mean, it is summer is coming for eventually. you anyways. Yep, yep. Um, but 
No, I think probably more relevant for the listeners of the show. I've been playing with a new app, actually, in the last few days. So I've just mm-hmm. started to sort of come out of my non-dev cocoon uh, for the house move. Um, and um, that's been fun. That's been fun. This will be the first um, one of the Lego apps that we talked about last mm-hmm. month um in terms of if if i actually get it to the end to the finish line and release it then it will be the first one out there in this format so yeah that's that's kind of cool um i can tell you a little bit about what it is Mm -hmm. it's a a background removal app so remember the point of the lego apps is to have a single concept and to execute it well and to then share shared components between the apps i've got and this one's concept is very, very much around, okay, you've got a picture, you want to remove that background um, or lift the subject of the photo out of the background and apply some effects. Um, I'm making it very easy to do that. And some of this you cool. can do, you can do some of this already with, with, with iOS, from iOS 16, right? We've had the subject detection and the ability mm-hmm. to press on a photograph and, and copy only the subject out of it built into the OS. Uh, with iOS 17, that API is now open to us, to developers. So I've gone, okay, let's let's have a play. Um, and the thing that I think is going to be really, really cool, if I can get it working, is I'm going to do it to video. Nice. So, so it will kind of plug into the Go VJverse. Yes. Yes, exactly. And one of the things I'll, I'll let it do once I get to this point is export videos with transparency around them so you've only got the subject of in each frame there and then i can make sure that govj supports the transparency so when you've got that on the second layer it it drops um all of the the pixels around it and you can use it as an overlay very very easily within the app um so that'll be that'll be quite good because at the moment if you want to achieve that effect in govj you uh, effectively, you, you key the background out in one way or another through the app's blend mode. Right. Are there so, are there like video formats that allow transparency? Like I'm I'm not up to. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we got that um, on iOS properly with um, HevC. Um, so with the the Heath um, image format. <laughs> Those names. I know H E I F, and then I'm talking about H E V C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's Keith. He's working on Heath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a ledger in there somewhere. No. Um, yeah, so we, we we got those formats the other year that allow the transparency in video, and I've yet to really play with it properly. So this mm-hmm. is sort of a vehicle for a bit of that as well. Cool. Yeah, but it's, it's early days. I'm kind of barely beyond hacking around the prototype that uh, uses some of the demo code from Apple, and then I'm expanding it out with my own effects and other bits that it does. So it's not not exactly that progressed yet, but I have um, all the stuff from the, the Lego app approach is already there. I've got a settings menu already set up. I've got my you know, rhyme and reason to how the app is formatted and dependencies are injected. I've got um, a theming engine in there already because I just went copy my test app rename it start building this one and that was the idea <laughs> with the with the lego app approach so it's already sort of paying back a bit um, yeah so that's 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 been me um fantastic housewives 
sounds sounds really nice. Like, and I'm looking forward to the app. Um, yeah, me, I've been, I haven't been programming that much. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the programming that I've done is kind of a bit exploratory right now. Like, I'm still hacking around with with the Vision Pro stuff. I'm still experimenting with uh, the Swift, the, like the Telemetry Deck Swift SDK, because I kind of want to see if I can get, like, can I send a Telemetry Deck signal every time the user navigates and then, like, mm-hmm. send the path that they navigate to or to and from? Because that would be really cool to automatically visualize, like, paths through the app. But... So far, I haven't stumbled upon a like really universal, universal solution that I can really give people to like, hey, drop this into your app and then bam, it just works. Right. Um, so I'm kind of exploring. But the other thing that I've been doing is I've been, I've been actually placing ads. Um, so this is not, not something that I have a lot of experience in or that is like super awesome, I think, but. Uh, we like more people need to know about telemetry deck, and so um, me and Lisa, we've been deciding. Okay, it's time now to to check out where and how we can place ads. We had a few experiments um, last year with Twitter, but then Twitter became evil. Then um, <laughs> we did experiment with Reddit ads. Then Reddit yeah. became kind of evil. Um, and so. <laughs> yeah, Lisa. Lisa like said to me like, "Hey, you, we gotta we gotta play some ads on Truth or Social or something." <laughs> they um, already gave them. Um, uh, oh, no, ah, because now I I told the story different. I said like, "Hey," and then then Reddit kind of crashed and burned, and then Twitter kind of cra- crashed and burned. Um, right? Yeah, yeah. That it makes way more sense this way. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, so I'm not I'm not um, I don't want to say I'll never put ads on reddit maybe i'll have to try that out again but right now um mainly putting ads on microsoft ads so they are see, you can see those on bing on ecosia and on DuckDuckGo. um okay. ecosia is like one of those very tiny um, search engines that kind of use bing bing under the hood same with mm-hmm. DuckDuckGo is a bit, bit bigger and actually my search engine of choice uh, yes. The ads that they show us are also they, the, the ads that they show are also like served by Microsoft ads, um, and I've also uh, placed Google ads, and those are like seen in the Google Google search, of course. Yeah, and it's been a a wild ride because um, it's um, you, you 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 very quickly learn a lot of stuff. One thing that I've learned is that the user interface for Google Ads is horribly bad, whereas the user interface for Microsoft Ads is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and only once I've understood the whole, the whole concepts through Microsoft's interface, then I could use Google's interface. Um, I also realized where are the, the holes in my tracking, because how do you like really find out if your ads are working? Um, I can't just like plop in Google Analytics or Microsoft's analytics into our software, right? Like we're using telemetry to telemetry deck over there. And mm-hmm. um so I found two holes. One is the the handoff between two different different apps because our like our main landing page is the website is a separate app from the uh, from the app that you use to register. But the whole registration process of, is of course one process that should be in the same funnel. Um, and so I solved this by passing on a session ID. And by that, we can identify the same user. Um, 
And so now I do have a funnel, like a telemetry deck funnel that shows mm -hmm. me the conversion rates from, oh yeah, first visit on this landing page. Then the user clicks on register. Then the user actually fills out the registration form. And then um, they also choose a plan or choose the free plan or, or just yep. leave. Um, and that's been, that's been really cool. So the ads convert pretty well like we have a click-through rate or right on the ads of about 10 percent, which is not too bad yep um like one in, one in ten people who sees the ad clicks on that but like i'll take that i want to improve that but yeah that's a good good just good way to start mm -hmm. then about 20 percent of people who land on my new landing pages um about 20 percent actually click on register from from that landing page so that's also pretty good actually yeah that is um, uh, and then registration is a start drop-off. Um, only about one in 20 of the people who land on the registration actually go through the, with the regist registration. Yep. So I've been thinking, yeah, maybe uh, we need to make this a little bit easier, maybe with um, like providing very single sign-up options through, I don't know, register using GitHub, register using uh, with your Apple ID, register or um, whatever, like sign in with Google. I'm <laughs> not mm -hmm. gonna sign in with Google, but like sign in with Apple, sign in with GitHub, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, maybe even so passkeys. Passkeys would be cool. Yeah, I would. I would still put that down the list at the moment. So I'm seeing that as being quite a slower <laughs> adoption. Said, but yeah, said this to me to, to this morning. <laughs> um, not that I dislike passkeys. I think they're a great idea. It's just that I'm seeing the general perception and adoption is quite slow still at the moment. Yeah, but um, no, it's it's definitely like I I would like to have it, and I I I tried this. I'm using Stripe, right? And so Stripe yeah. offers offers additional verification by passkey. So that means when I log in, instead of having to enter a two factor authentication code, I just plop down my finger on the like the thumb um, mm -hmm. thumbnail it, reader, the yeah, fingerprint reader, works. and then it just works, and that's really cool. And yeah. I would like to have that for telemetry deck as well, but yeah, it's pretty far down on the list of priorities right now mm -hmm. um github makes sense um i think so, is, yeah. a, is, is a good one um yeah it's all open open auth so if i support one of them i can support all of them with with yeah. no real additional work um but yeah so the question right now is how much work do I want to put into um single sign on or other improvements to the to the registration page I was trying um, to work. So I'm very sorry, Dan. Yeah. I was trying to work out mentally the um, your conversion rate from the top <laughs> to the bottom. <laughs> I can tell you. Is it about two and a half percent? It was is about right? two and a half percent. Yeah. Hey, my mental math's not so bad. Um, hang on. Where's the um, the funnel? I have like uh, this this um I have this app. It's called Tenemetry Deck. It actually works perfectly <laughs> now with um, Sonoma's new web applications thing. Oh, I, that's I did, nice. I did a bit of bit of work with it, but not not a lot actually. And yep. I have like I just have it in my dock now. It's really it's really nice. So you've turned it um, into a PWA. Is that yeah? That's correct. Yeah. Um, so okay, I sent you a screenshot. The screenshot is two different Tenemetry Deck files. I see mm -hmm. one percent or two percent. I, I, um, 
Okay. And yeah, okay. The yeah. two different funnels are for different landing pages. I have one landing page that's called uh, telemetrydetect.com slash Swift, and the other mm-hmm. one is telemetrydetect.com slash web. And the Swift is the stand-in right now for all app um, yep. analytics, but I, I'm going to branch out into Swift, Kotlin, um, I don't know, Flutter, yep. React. Um, but like so far, like I'm just going to like the ads that speak about or the ads that speak about app analytics will go to that URL and then the ads that speak about web analytics will go to the other one. And yeah, um, yeah. because I have that funnel, I can now have these, uh, I can now make better decisions. Um, I think, and I think mm-hmm. the, um, for now, I don't want to touch uh, the actual telemetry deck code. Not this week. I yeah. think this week I want to continue on putting more people and into the top of the funnel and especially the right people. Because right now, if I look at the keywords that I have, some of these are like, obviously like people click on the ad and they come from, from the search query that says, I want to say, um, uh, privacy certification in Mexico. And I'm like, yeah, very cool. Like probably popped up because privacy was in there. But I'm gonna have to try and like like make make the app not show up for that kind of query because I want to massage the like because this the person who searched for that is probably not interested in an app analytics service right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so like I'm just paying like I don't know thirty cents for that click without like getting a customer there. So I yeah. think the first step has to be um, just like like working on that on that targeting like just ha- having the right keywords the right positive keywords and also negative keywords where you can like say like okay so as soon as people search for this like just don't show them um because i think that will put put in more people into the funnel and that will benefit of course the registration numbers as well but also it will um it will refine the people that come to us and i think that will also help with registration and funding but also it will um like keep costs down yeah, because um, if like at the very beginning, but before like when I just like had like the first day, I was I, I just tried a very naive approach. I was like, okay, just worldwide people who search for privacy analytics analytics um, should just go here, and yeah. it gave it brought a lot of visitors to the page, um, but they were from um, from backgrounds. Where they are obviously not obviously didn't have a technical background, they were um, from countries that we can't serve right now. Um, yeah. They were from uh, they were using technologies that we can't serve right now. So, like, I mean, we had like a lot of lot of registrations that day, <laughs> but nothing will ever come. Like those people will never buy a paid plan. Um, so yeah, so I, it makes sense to refine this at the very source, and I think that's going to yeah. be my strategy. Like, ask me again next week, of course, but uh, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be my strategy: just refining uh, from the left to the right on this tunnel uh, funnel. Yeah, it's interesting because I think the other side of it is you almost flip it on its head, as well as another way of doing it, where you then go, okay, so based on the people going in versus based on the people getting to where I want them to be, what are the commonalities? Like what what defines the people who've mm-hmm. signed up as a as a group at the other end? And then when you know those things, you sort of start to build up a uh we you know, a bit of a pen portrait 
as it were of the um of the the, the type of customers you're seeing through at the other yeah. end yeah i had a talk with lisa this mm. morning and she gave me a, like a really important uh word to keep in mind or phrase to keep in mind which was search intent like mm-hmm. what like it's not not about what are the people entering in in the search box it's about what are people what are people's intentions really and how that does that like like if you know people's intentions then you got to kind of can can try to figure out like what will they then enter into the search box um yeah. and the intentions have to like we have to align with those intentions um yeah but, but it, yeah, when, when course, I sort of say about yeah. flipping mm-hmm. it that way, I guess the thing I'm thinking is like you may see patterns um, of the people who end up where where you want them to be um, that differentiate them from the ones who didn't, and then you mm-hmm. can tune your adverts and that side of stuff at the top of the funnel to try and get more of those folk, right? So you might see things like it's, I don't know, 80% of people who signed up because of this um, are actually based in Sweden, for example. And, you, mm-hmm. you know, close inspection, you find out something's happened there in terms of data law, um, and a bunch of people are searching for privacy analytics because of that or, or, or some story like that. And yeah. that will then let you do very focused ad campaigns if you if you drive it out that way. Um, but it's it, it's cool. Um, it's also it's also interesting because you, you're using um, using these tools and wiring them up. Oh, yeah. I have, I have one more, more though. Um, I haven't implemented this yet, but both Google and Google Ads and also Microsoft Ads allow you to report back uh, a an actual conversion. However, you yeah. define that. And then they can like update their ad algorithms and ad targeting accordingly. So that would be really uh-huh. cool, right? Because yes. because if you use if you're someone who uses Google Analytics, then you can just say, oh yeah, we're defining this action, maybe a sign up, maybe a registration for a paid plan. We'll be defining this action as a conversion. You can even add a value, a monetary value to that conversion, mm-hmm. and then that that will automatically report back to Google. And then Google can even better tar- like use their algorithms to target possible customers. So that's really cool. Yeah. But um, we're all about like avoiding um, Google Analytics, and mm-hmm. um, again through Microsoft. I came to a solution because um, in the Microsoft documentation, that which is way better than Google's, <laughs> um, I stumbled upon a thing that, that's called offline conversions. So I'm like, okay, what's that? Um, so it turns out um, Microsoft will give you a click ID. And if you store that click ID somewhere, and th- then you can up to, like I want to say 30 to 90 days later, you can go back to Microsoft and say, like, hey, this click ID just uh, had a conversion action with us. Like maybe... Like something that that happened not directly on the website, or that happened even like in real life, or whatever. Yeah. And but you're reporting back. Oh yeah, this was this was a good click. And you can do this. You can you can upload a CSV file with uh, with uh, with just the click IDs, or there's an API that you can post to where you can say, hey, this click ID was good for us. So I'm reporting a conversion for this click ID. Okay. And so like, hey, this I can do this. This is like something yeah. that I can do. Um, yeah, that's much less creepy on your side at that point. Exactly, that's, that's because a, the click yeah. IDs themselves are also not. Um, I got to check with our lawyers about this, but like my idea right now is that the click ID themselves should not be directly tied to a person as well. Yeah, um, at least not on our side. Yes. So 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna check, but my understanding right now is that if this click ID is not personally identifiable information, then I can store it, and then later use my use a telemetry like query to build a report that I can upload there, or maybe even build something that um, that automatically posts posts the API. Yeah, you kind of want it like webhook style, so it just sort of sends it off at the right. end of it or, or so something. So that would but, be really cool. And it turns out Google yeah. has the very same architecture. It's all, it's all called differently, but even there, they have an API where I can just pause to or upload a CSV in, right. into a form. Um, so yeah, so this is, I think this is going to be a project that yep. uh, that I, that I want to like tackle, like not as my main project, but just as a side thing where I want to be able to um, I want to be able to use this all these ads without compromising the privacy of the users more than strictly necessary. Yep. And I think that's also a good a good use case. Like um if we can if we can really do this and if I can document this, uh then other customers can do this as do, do this as well. And then um that's another really cool thing on the yeah. uh, like we can just like showcase on the website because um uh yeah, because that that, that makes it that that um that removes one objection that people have against us which is like oh yeah but like if i use all the google tools then like it's all one ecosystem and it works way better mm-hmm. and if we can play with this part of the ecosystem then like we remove that ob- objection but still have a huge advantage in privacy yes yeah because you're airlocking airlocking the individual users privacy and yeah. what they do yeah but um that's that's very very cool, actually. If that all comes <laughs> together, um, let's see. Let's see if it works. It would be cool. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. And uh, obviously, this is all about getting the word out and that side of things with telemetry deck, which is an important part of where the business is at right now. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I think you've been around in my head. You've been around forever, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of like this, this product, um, it's not. It's still very young and. Um, part of being very young still is is you know not as many people know about you as could know about you yeah. so i think there's a a lot of value there in that oh, yeah. um, tell, tell all your friends oh by the way we this week uh we're giving away way more signals so this, ah. this has been the case, the case for for a long time actually like if you use telemetry deck and you invite someone you can use uh, you can do so using a referral link and that gives you free signals for for uh, like like how do i say this like usually you get like if you use a free plan you you can use up to 100,000 signals per month but each time yeah. someone clicks on your referral link that number goes up so um like refer a few people and then suddenly you have way more like like room to play with without having to pay for telemetry day or if you pay then uh, this also gets added on top which is kind of cool um so yeah, this week we're kind of doubling the the amount of signals you get gifted for each referral. So for both you and the pe- the person who gets referred, the referee, the referist, yep. whatever. <laughs> um, referee, I think it doesn't sound right, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's another way we're trying to get the word out. And also, can I um. Uh, can I tell you about our new landing pages? So if you go to telemetrydeck.com, that kind of looks the same, right? Yeah. But in the in the in the menu bar at the top, 
It's uh, there's new entries. That's one that says four apps, and the other one is four websites. And if you click that, then you go to the landing page that the ad viewers are currently seeing, and that is a bit more interactive because I finally managed to um, integrate our chart library into the like landing page website. So yep. I have uh, chart animations and hover states and stuff like that, and um, we have three D transforms, which is kind of cool. <laughs> so we That's have this really kind of, cool. This cute card stack. And this is the way I'm trying to explain how telemetry deck works. So Hang um, on, what's, the, what's, what's the URL again to see that? Uh, telemetry deck, telemetry deck.com slash Swift. Let's have a look. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Very ooh. Yeah. So it's looking I very a, um, Vision Pro, actually, for that 3D transform. That's, <laughs> that's uh, kind of where <laughs> that inspiration came from. <laughs> yeah that's cool um yeah and and my buddy Flo helped me a lot with uh with the actual programming because he's a css wizard and does all mm-hmm. these like can all can do all these like 3d transforms and stuff but yeah i'm kind of trying to visually explain how it works so on the left side we have like three cards that are kind of like 3d stacked on top of each other and the leftmost card is just the swift code that's is being used to send a telemetry deck signal. Then in yep. the middle, you kind of see the signal represented as a table. So it just said, it basically just gives you the signal name and then yep. various, um, various signal metadata properties to show kind of like that even though you only gave us one property, we also add all the device related properties. And then, uh, I love um, I love that it's it's interactive as well. They're moving and then, around. Yeah, under my, you can you can scroll that thing. Yeah, and then on the right you have a chart that just um that does something with the signals received in that. Um, That's brilliant. It's yeah. really rather cool. Yeah, and then further down I have also lots of tiny charts, and all all those also those are also interactive, which is nice. Yeah, and you've got all the. Uh, all the app icons as well, which is really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I've even more. You can like scroll through them and stuff. Oh, that's fantastic. Even though a few of them are doubled because I've been too lazy to deduplicate them. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Some of them are so good you want to see them again actually. So I mean some of them are just, I'm just really proud of. <laughs> like, like some of them I'm like look, I'm like I, I I'm like, oh wow, this is our customer. Like I am really, really happy for about that. Yeah, yeah, there's quite a few in there that I recognize. That's, that's lovely. Um, shout out to Dark Noise from Charlie oh, Chapman yeah. there. Like, Telemetry Deck um, would not exist without that app. Uh, and uh, Gift Wrapped from, oh, yeah. from Jelly as well. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, I work, I work also, with also Jelly secure elsewhere, shellfish. so that's, that's kind of a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jelly is Secure shellfish. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I recognize that giraffe over there. That's posture pal. Anyway, somebody should have uh, listeners of the show should go take a look rather than listen to us shouting them out. But uh, yeah, Yeah, that's even better. Yeah. That's, uh, that's cool though. Do we want, we don't want people necessarily navigating to that URL. If you're they they can, that that URL is. No, no, that's that's totally fine. Like, go there. Yep. That URL is even uh, you clickable in the um, in the top navigation. You can just navigate there. Um, okay. No, what I want to do is I think I want to migrate that three D stack of apps uh, or three D stack of cards. I want to migrate that to the main homepage though, yeah. because it, I, it turns out it, it's it's working pretty well. 
Um, yeah. So I, I think I'm, like the whole like thing is very modular now. So I can just like pick and choose the different um, different blocks basically. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to migrate that to the thing. But yeah, if people go there, like if if like ads go there, there will be various parameters. Um, like for example, utm underscore medium equals I don't know CPC or Google Ads or whatever. So yep. like yeah, like you're not destroying analytics by going to that that page. That's okay. totally fine. Um, it's looking cool. Really, really cool. Thank you very um, much. Yeah, I love that. Uh, the only the only gotcha on there is I, I wish I could uh, put on a pair of Vision Pro, uh, put on my Vision Pro, which I do not have and will not have for a long time, but uh, <laughs> um, and see it pop out of the website in that 3D space. It's that cool. is something. Oh, <laughs> um, guess who's going to the Vision Pro developer left next week? <laughs> Ooh, ooh, <laughs> and yeah, I gotta try out if the browser actually because those are CSS 3D transforms, so there's mm-hmm. actual 3D data there, um, and so semantically those elements should be 3D. So yep. I really want to check out if in the browser there actually are 3D. Oh, that would be an interesting. I could probably check it with the simulator, and maybe I'll I'll do that yeah. later. Awesome, but yeah, that's um. <laughs> That's that's what I've been playing with. Um, um, I hope that wasn't too too non appy, but I think many of the the things that I've, I've I've been learning are also applicable to app store optimization stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, um, well, I mean, you know, the the route you're talking about with with ads through to privacy orientated analytics is one that I will be interested in potentially ultimately mm-hmm. for some of my apps because. Yeah, where I'm likely to take the VJ app over the next year or two, um, one of the, the strategies for that is going to be getting the word out a bit better about what it does and actually optimizing for, for where people are searching. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll see. At the moment, my only story in that regard is about trying to optimize for the App Store. But I'm aware that's not the only place people are searching to try and find this sort of application. Mm-hmm. So interesting to me it's uh, i want <laughs> yeah, to see I you get that, this sorted i think the takeaway is really like try to measure measure your funnel regardless of how it look what it looks like like it might be an app store to to search to download funnel mm-hmm. or it might be a web search to app website to app store download funnel and um try to measure this as 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 well as possible and then if you know the steps and if you know the rates of conversion between those steps then you kind of can decide which step to concentrate on and yes. of course you want to kind of concentrate on the steps with the steepest fall off maybe but also maybe you want to like um look at effort versus reward mm-hmm. and also like um just if possible try to find the industry standard conversions um yeah. like for example uh landing page to register if, if like if that's that's like 20 percent, that's actually pretty pretty good for like industry industry wise yep. um say with the click, click through through rates um uh, i still want to want to optimize at the start of the funnel first because that will in that will like um influence all the following steps Yep. Uh, so yeah, I think I want to start at the at the start of the funnel and then optimize uh, until I'm, I get to the point of diminishing returns, and then kind of move on to the next step. 
Uh, yeah. I did kind of skip the first step at first because I did the landing pages first. <laughs> but those were um, like a few months ago. We had um, ads. We 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 ran an ad on hacking with Swift, which brought mm-hmm. a huge amount of visitors visitors to the page, and almost none of those actually clicked register on the like. So um, yeah. I already knew that the landing page needed to improve. And so this mm-hmm. is, I actually asked you for feedback and a few other developer friends and this new landing page is kind of um, the result of that. Yeah. Yeah. And Which so, is, as you said, yeah. it's doing better. You already know that's, that's doing better. So. Uh, so oh yeah, I actually handled down. Uh, let me, oh yeah. Okay. So new landing pages are like around 20% conversion rate. Old one is at 3.9. Awesome. So there is a difference, is <laughs> yeah. what I want to say. Yeah, and, you know, again, at volume, that makes a lot of difference as well. Like oh, yeah, that, that's, a, that that's, that's a lot. Like, so, yeah, I'm going to try to migrate uh, various elements from the other ones. Uh, the question is just, like, do I do... Because I have, like, the, the 3D stack of cards, I have that for the web version with web examples and for the app version with app-specific app examples. So the question is, which one of those do I put on the front page? Probably the app one. <laughs> or maybe that's too technical. Uh, maybe I need to find something different for people who just come Possibly. to the front page. I don't know. I Let's like see. the app one. I like the. I'm biased though. I'm an app developer, <laughs> right? So <laughs> <laughs> I like the app one too. It makes us. It's also like um, more specific to what Telemetry Deck really does because there are yeah. other uh, web analytics platforms. Oh. Well. You've been far busier on your work than I have been in the last few weeks. Um, although I've I've hoped to have some more stories to tell in another another show. I'm, I'm certainly oh, getting looking back forward. into it all now. I've but, been just like uh, seducing, seducing my crew, which is your, your highly inappropriate aliens. for a workplace. Really, it is. It is. Um, you need to curb curb that, my friend. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, but. Um, Anyway, before we go, Daniel, because I do have to go, I've got to get get mm-hmm. my day started over here. But um, yeah, before we go, where can people find you online? Oh yeah, people should definitely go to telemetrydeck.com and look at the various landing pages. Uh, but people should also go to daniel at social.telemetrydeck.com, which is where I do the socials. Um, Dave, what about you? Pretty similar, to be fair. You can go to lightbeamapps.com, and that will show you all about my apps. Uh, And to find me on the socials, you can find me at dave at social.lightbeamapps.com. Fantastic. Right, Dave, have a wonderful and fantastic start start of the day. Um, Will do. Yeah, and I hope to see you soon. Uh, We had a bit of a break from recording but um, yep. i'm hoping we, we, we can we can get into the groove now definitely back in the groove and uh yeah i'm gonna go grab myself some coffee get started and um catch you catch you in a couple of weeks daniel all right bye